So I'm going to continue the series today, and if you can believe this, they asked me to speak on healthy boundaries. Can you believe it? That's not very fun, right? Nobody likes boundaries. The toddler who's climbed up the ladder for the fifth time is like having a tantrum on the floor when you say no, right? Or the elementary kid is like, mom, you put him into bed, and it's, it happens every single night. They're like, mom, I'm thirsty. They go back up. I'm hungry. I had a bad dream. You didn't have a bad dream. You just put your head on the pillow, right? You just don't want to go to bed. And then for those of us who are adults, actually, those of us who are adults, we don't like to go to bed either sometimes, right? Okay. It's true. All right. So, but then there's the speeding limits. Oh, surely those aren't for us, right? Like, we don't have to obey those. And then there's those lovely financial boundaries, right? That, you know, we want to just go beyond them, right? Give me the credit card so I can buy that thing. So even Saturday Night Live mocks our spending, okay? Take a look. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so this morning I actually want to talk to you about healthy boundaries in relationships, not in finances. But I just couldn't resist that old SNL clip, right? Every once in a while it just does the soul good. All right. So I've entitled my sermon today, Boundaries, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Aren't you guys just so like, what is that all about? So we're going to start with the good. Thank you, Lord. The good is simply the boundaries that are, the good boundaries are simply the commands and promises that God gives us in his word. And the reason we can know they are good, because God is good and he is trustworthy. And furthermore, his word is 100% accurate and true. But the thing is, is that I've seen from the youngest to the oldest, they resist or don't like boundaries, right? It's just in our human nature. And here's why I think that is. I think that is because the enemy tries to lie to us and make us believe that God is withholding something from us. We see it right away in scriptures, right? In Genesis, where Adam and Eve, they're told, do not eat from this one tree. One tree, y'all. They had a lot of other trees. <laughs> but they went right up to it, taking it, thinking, hey, this fruit looks good. I want to I take this. But they thought they were missing out on something. I want to just say there are hundreds of promises us in God's word that we can stand on. There are commands that we need to keep in our lives to help us keep these healthy boundaries. But let's look at Psalm 16. Um, let's look at the word of God, right? And we're going to look at um, verses 1 through 6. Robert always does this so smoothly in his sermon, right? The whole water thing. All right. So, um, so, it, this, this specific passage talks about our boundary lines, and I want us to get the word of God in us to know, hey, this is the truth about our boundary lines. I'm going to read it with you guys. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. We have nothing good in our lives except for God who's given us these good things. We can think it's us at times, or other things, but no, it's God. And then this is David speaking, I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. And you know what? I think that's really just a picture of how God loves us. 
He loves us so much. We're going to move to the next slide. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. David's like, no. When we run after other gods, it doesn't satisfy us, right? You, Lord, alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. And finally, this verse, one of my favorites. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance, right? So it's interesting, this verse that it says, you're, you know, that your portion has been assigned by God, it's actually referring to when Joshua went into the promised land, right? The Israelites finally got to get in, and he starts dividing up the land for every tribe of Israel to have land. And that is the truth for us, too. God has given us a good portion of land, and that includes Physically, emotionally, spiritually, right? It's not just hardcore land, right? And we get those things by following his commands in the word of God, right? Because of God's goodness, we can know the boundary lines he's set for us have fallen in pleasant places. So I really love words. I love to hear all the meanings of words, okay? So I'm going to geek out on this right now. I want you guys all to close your eyes, all right? So it's said in the word of God, his boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. That Hebrew word for pleasant is naam. It means, ready, just let your mind imagine. It means pleasant, delightful, sweet, lovely, as in physically beautiful, agreeable, sweetly sounding even, right? Do you get the picture? You can open your eyes. It's a pretty amazing place that God has has put us in, in our boundary lines, right? But here's what happens when the enemy lies to us is this, okay? So what happens is we have God or a parent, some authority figure set a boundary in our life, right? And what we do is we just come right up to that boundary line and we start looking over that boundary and we think, wow, oh wait, wow, look at that guy over there. He's really attractive, and he's nice, and he talks to me. I think I'd like to date him. I know he doesn't know Jesus. It'll be fine, right? But really, all we need to do is step away from the boundary line and look back, and we see this huge green pasture. There's a slide coming, I promise. This huge green pasture. See? But instead, we hang out here and we look over our boundaries. Why do we do that, right? The enemy's trying to say, oh, God's trying to withhold. No, he's not. He has this huge wide open space for us within our boundary lines. And it's good. It's good, church. Say, it is good. And, And I want you to say he has good things for me within these boundary lines. Within these boundary lines. That was a lot, wasn't it? I'm keeping you on your toes today. All right. God's will is so good and freeing. And like that Garden of Eden, it's more than enough good for us to experience. So here's your homework. I'm giving you homework, all right? Or you can call it your FaceTime activity, all right? Which is we like here at All People's Church to call our Jesus time FaceTime. We want to come face-to-face with our um, amazing God So here's the deal. We believe the word of God when we hear it out loud. So I want you to this week 
practice declaring out loud while you're driving, while you're getting ready in the morning, these promises for you and, and, and the promises about the good boundaries God has for you. This is straight scripture, okay? Straight scripture that you're declaring over yourself. And I like to say, um, I'm going to read it if we don't have the slide, but it's just those scriptures that we just read, which is, I like to say it as a thank you. Thank you, God, that you have assigned me my portion and you have made my lot secure. Thank you, God, that my boundary lines are delightful and good and beautiful and I have a good inheritance. Okay, so there's your homework. Declare that over yourselves. And if you're like, hey, I'm not having trouble with my boundary lines. I'm having trouble somewhere else. Then go to a different scripture and declare that scripture over yourself this week, all right? Okay, these are truths that we can stand on and believe God for in our lives. The promises and commands in his word are good for us. All right, we're going to move on to the bad. All right, we know that God is good. We have, you know, good boundaries for us set in his word. But there is one boundary that is not good for us. And I'm going to even take a step farther, and I'm going to call that boundary a wall. All right? And that wall is, I just, I just say, it's the wall that we put around our hearts to keep God away when we are in pain or we've been hurt or we're afraid. So again, it's that wall that we put up around our heart to keep God away from relating to us in our pain and our fear. So we just talked about how good God is. So it kind of begs the question, why do we do that, right? <laughs> That's not a good idea. But we, we say things like, wow, I've been hurt by someone, or I'm literally in physical pain right now, and we blame God for that pain in our lives, right? Or we say, I've been hurt by the church, and then we just stop spending time with God altogether. We can also, in our humanness, we can make a bad decision, And that bad decision leads to another bad decision and another. And then we're in this pattern of sin that we can't break out of, right? And we're like, gosh, I'm not worthy to go back to God. He's not going to love me like this, right? The cycle just goes on and on. What's so sad about these responses, and it breaks my heart. I've had people, you know, on my couch saying, hey, I just can't spend time with God. And I'm like, no, (laughs) because the sad thing about these responses is the very thing that we need when we're hurt and we're afraid, is Jesus' love and forgiveness. Hey, church, we need to run to Jesus, right? He's standing there with open arms. We need to pour out our hearts to him and allow him to comfort us, to speak to us, to heal us. You know that the Holy Spirit in the word of God is called a counselor and a comforter. That's what he's there for, for us So we want to go to him. It's the qualities that we need when we're hurt or afraid, right? Bottom line is this. The devil chose to live separately from God. And really, his main goal on earth is to get you to separate yourself from God and believe that God is not good. I always tell my kids, the only person you can hate is the devil. I don't like the devil. He doesn't play fair, right? And he's a liar. So, here's some more homework, (laughs) y'all. If you're in pain and you have a wall around your heart toward God right now, here's your FaceTime activity, number two. Keep 
your spiritual discipline. So what does that mean? What does that look like? What it means is you are in the word of God every morning. And let me just tell you, I know it doesn't always feel like you want to be in the word. So the best thing to do is get on your phone and be in a Bible reading plan where you just click a button. The word of God pops up every morning for you what you're supposed to read. I recommend reading in Psalms or choosing one of the gospels in this when we're in a harder place, right? Number two, the other discipline is we keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. Turn the worship music on. And you know what? Not just once a day, all day, right? You just have it playing in your kitchen, playing in wherever you are, in your office. If you're studying somewhere, those little airbud things, you know, get them in there and be listening to worship music that we would get into the presence of God each day. Third is you keep praying and talking to God. Keep that line of communication open to him. And not only talk to him, but give him space to talk back to you. Give him an, an opportunity to love on you and to heal your heart. You, he wants to do that. So lower that wall so God can be your counselor and comforter. All right. We're going to keep moving. I got more to say. We've got the good. We've talked about the bad. And now it's time for the ugly, right? What is the ugly, you may ask? You can also exchange that word for messy, all right? So boundaries, the ugly. The ugly represents those messy but necessary moments in relationships with others where we need to create boundaries with people that may not be bringing us up or closer to Jesus or may even be verbally or physically harming us, right? You know, I, I use this book called Boundaries by uh, Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend as a reference as I was preparing for this message. And I do recommend it for anyone who just really needs more coaching in this area. But I love, one of the things they, talks about, they talk about in this book is how God is a God of boundaries. Amazing, right? So we see it where God um, is the Trinity, right? The Godhead, three gods in one. So each one has their own separate role. Like I just said, the Holy Spirit is the counselor, the comforter. He's the spirit of truth. That's true for Jesus and for Father God. They all have different roles, okay? We also see how, like if we think of this as our yard, right? This is our yard. This is our world. Over here, not our yard. He doesn't want sin in his yard, right? It's clear in the word of God. And there are also consequences for behavior. And finally, what I love is that God allows us to choose relationship with him. He's not a God who forces us or who crosses our boundaries. We get to choose if we follow him or not. There's consequences, but we get the choice. Our God is a God of boundaries. Okay, so I want, um, the doc I, I want to have Dr. Henry Cloud and Townsend help define boundaries. This can help us in our journey. I really like this, and it's kind of some, like, visual pictures, too. So there should be a slide that comes up. So here's some of the definitions that can help us in, a, in keeping a boundary. A boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins, right? And so, therefore, it's helping us establish ownership, right? So, hey, right here, 
This whole green pasture, that's my responsibility, right? I need to have a job. I need to pay my bills, right? This over here, that's somebody else's space, right? Okay. Second, boundaries help us keep the good in and keep the bad out. And that's necessary in our lives, right? Um, sometimes things are taken advantage of, and we need to do that. Boundaries are anything, number three, that helps to differ differentiate you from someone else. All right? All right, I want you to keep that, keep that in your mind as we go through this. This is a huge topic, and I could talk for probably another hour on this, but I'm not going to do that out of respect for our boundary of time. Do you see what I did there? Yeah. So... I want to leave you with three tools, but I'm gonna, I want to hit these tools hard. So don't check out on me, guys. I know it's hot. But keep up. Or maybe I'm just hot because I'm moving around up here. <laughs> Very funny. Okay, so tools. Shh, be quiet. So tools that can help us establish and keep healthy boundaries and that really keep us in those great big green pastures that Jesus has for us. Number one. We need to fear God over man. Let that one sink in. <laughs> it's a big one, y'all, and it's not easy. So when I'm talking about fearing God, I'm not like, oh, I'm afraid of God. I am saying, God, you are sovereign. You are in control. I honor you and worship you, and I submit to your good plans for my life, right? Instead of saying, no, I'm going to bow at everything that man or my friends or my kids want me to do. No. We say, God, what do you have us do? Okay? Here's the deal. We don't make and keep healthy boundaries because we're afraid of people being affected negatively, right? So we're afraid of, you know, being left alone. We're afraid of hurting people's feelings. We have to do what God is calling us to do, though, and trust that when we set a boundary, this is a big one, church, and trust that when we set a boundary that we feel like God has said that God's big enough to take care of that other person, that we don't have to rescue them if God is saying, no, this is what I have for you, okay? You got that, church? That's a good one and a hard one, right? So I this week, I... Um, this always happens when you preach on a topic, right? God's always like, all right, let me just, you know, get you here. Anyways, on this topic. So this week, on Tuesday, I had 17 kids and five, four or five adults over to my house for lunch and then for kind of like play hang time after. My oldest daughter, Gigi, she's about to be a seventh grader. They've been having, the girls in her class have been having this Bible study that meets once a week. It's so sweet. It's awesome. I love it. And what the moms have done is we've taken turns to host it sort of thing, right? So it was my turn this week, of course. And I sent out the text and said, hey, I'm going to serve this for lunch. And, you know, you're, you're welcome to stay longer. I, I will say they also bring, like, siblings. Do you know what I mean? That's how the number got to 17, which is great. But then um, I said, hey, they can stay and hang a little bit later. Well, Right after I sent that text, I was like, oh, my goodness, I totally forgot. Stephen and I have a ministry meeting after dinner tonight. So I started, you know that little, like, kind of panicky feeling a little bit? Ooh, that sounded like I was from Chicago right there. Panicky? Pan panicky feeling, right? Okay, so I, obviously I'm feeling the panic again. So it's that thing of, like, oh, man, I've overstepped. I, I've got to draw a boundary. But the problem was 
no other mom had drawn a boundary. Like some, I think the week before they were there, you know, they were at the house until like five o'clock or something like that. And I'm like, I have to end this at four. So I got over my little issues and I sent the text. And you know what? It was actually fine. The moms were amazing. They honored my time boundaries and all that. So you're like, Neely, why are you telling me this story? I'm telling you this story because when we choose not to set one boundary, then we choose not to set another one and another one. And it's a slippery slope. And let me just be extreme here if you'll allow me for a second. What happens then is then we choose, we make bad decisions. Then we sin. Then it's a habitual sin. Then it's an addiction. And then we can find ourselves in jail. I don't, I don't like to be extreme like that, really, but, but it's just good because, because you guys need to know what's the big deal, right? That's the big deal, okay? Because then our choices start affecting others, and then it can even cause, like, the authorities to come in. Okay, in Mark 1, 35 and 36, write down this scripture. This is such a great scripture. It talks about Jesus. I love Jesus. He says, it says, Jesus gets away early in the morning to pray and spend time with the Father. Then Simon goes looking for Jesus, and when he finds him, he says, everyone's looking for you. Do you think maybe, because Jesus is God, that he probably knew already that everyone was looking for him, right? But he didn't do what everyone expected of him. In fact, in John 5, 19, it says, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Jesus knew it was most important for him to sync up with the father every day so that he knew, hey, what is the father doing today in my life? And then rather than just doing what the people were expected or asking of him, he did what the father was expecting of him, right? This is true of us too. We have to do this. We have to spend time with the Father each and every day. We have to sync up our days with him so that he can show us what he has for us. Because here's the deal. You know we always get curveballs thrown in our days at school or at work or at home as a mom, right? There's a ton of curveballs there. All right, so when that curveball comes, we can be in peace. Like, hey, I, I synced up with my father today, right? So wait, let me just think. Now, what did he say about my day? Or we can just flat out say, God, is this really what you, what you have for me today? All right. What I love is in the next verse, Jesus' reply to Simon was, let's go somewhere else. Sorry, people who were expecting Jesus. He's like, hey, I'm going to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. It was clear on his purpose and what God had for him. All right, here's more homework. And you know, as, as I was praying and preparing, let me just say, this whole fear of God versus fear of man, gossip, the idea of gossip came up. It can happen in friend circles. It can happen on the playground, right, with other moms. It can happen around the water cooler at our office, right? Sometimes we just want to say, you know what, I need to physically remove myself from what's going on around there, from fear of God, that I would honor God and not gossip and not fall into the fear of man and just talk like everyone else does about that coworker or whatever. All right, here's the homework. When we, it is so key for us to stop and repent in the moment. So this week, when you're like, oh my goodness, here it is, 
this is what Neely talked about, the fear of man thing, it's happening, then you're just going to stop and you're going to say, I'm sorry, God, I'm, I'm walking in fear of man. And you repent and turn around the other way. The other thing we do to help us in this area is we pray for ourselves. And I put my hand on my own self to pray for myself at times. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, right? God, help me. Just that continual flow, right? Help me walk away from the fear of man and walk instead in fear of God. All right. I got to keep going. I'm sure my time is slipping away. All right. Tool number two. Use your words. Say no. Words are one of the most important tools in setting boundaries. Unfortunately, it is not as easy as we'd like to say it is. No pun intended. There are so many fears and emotions that arise when thinking of saying no to someone else. So will they abandon me? Will they just flat out reject me? Will I hurt their feelings? Am I being unspiritual if I say no? This is a big one for us in church. Like we feel like we've always, we have to do something. Well, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit isn't a taskmaster. He is a God of relationship, right? The other, another fear, will they get angry at me? So write this verse down, Matthew 5, 37. It's also in James 5, and I think it's verse 12. Matthew 5, 37 says, simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. When we are truthful and use our words correctly, it just creates a protective fence about, around our pleasant places, right? The things that we're responsible for. And then it allows us to have enough to give to the things that we're responsible for. You know, we want to teach our children to say no to people, or that hurts, or I don't want to do that, so they're protected physically. In the same way as adults, not only physical protection, but emotional protection, mental protection, right? So it's so important to use your words to state your opinion, or your beliefs, or your values, because do you know that that creates boundaries for people? I remember when I was working in the city of Chicago um, in human resources, we actually really enjoyed one another, you know, in our department, and we would have lunch together in the conference room. And, you know, every once in a while, I would just slip in about church or God or, you know, I can't help but not, right? So they knew, oh, hey, she's a God follower, you know, and, oh, hey, maybe she's not going to, you know, when we go out after work, She's not going to stay as long as maybe some other people will stay, right? And she maybe won't, you know, drink like others drink sort of thing. So it just helps when you start using your words to share, hey, no, this is what I believe or this is my value. Other people start to know, okay, this is their, their boundary. Listen, you know, sorry, I'm just having, there, there may even be, you know, these are not easy things to do. I'm like, you know, whipping out these examples or whatever. You know, even with friends, we, you know, we sometimes need to say, no, thanks. I don't want to go to the bars with you guys. I don't seem to make good choices there. Or just, no, thanks. Not going to make it tonight, right? Simple. But even, I just think of even maybe parents who have adult children who it's like, you know what? They have stayed too long in the house. They've, they've not gotten a job. And you're still... You're still caring for them. And you know what? They then therefore have not been able to establish their own healthy boundaries to be able to take responsibility and care for their own yard. 
And we as parents have to set our kids up to win, to go make it in this world, and to be solid and firm on the word of God, right? Okay, boundaries are not selfish, everybody. They are life-giving, all right? And where and they are where the blessing of God is for you. When we use our words to define and show people our boundaries, this is us taking responsibility for our own property, our own space, right? Because at the end of the day, someone else is not responsible for it. We are responsible for taking care of it before God. So I had a friend, um, it's a long-distance friend, so when Stephen started per, to pursue me, I was actually in the process of moving to Los Angeles. I wanted to go see Hollywood become Hollywood, all right? And I still have that deep, deep down in there, let it be, Lord. But anyways, so before I moved, so Stephen starts pursuing me. Before I moved, Stephen said, hey, would you pray about moving to Wheaton, where he was working at a church plant, another church plant under our church, would you move there instead so that we could see if this relationship could really go? So I, thank you, Jesus, could work as an administrator for that church in Wheaton if, um, if that was a go. And I was, um, so I prayed and I, you know, really felt like I was going to say no. Because you know what? Here's the deal. I did not want to be that girl, all right? I didn't want to be that girl that followed the guy, all right? So I was like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And I shared with godly counsel and they were like, I think you need to go back to God and pray one more time. I'm not kidding. This was really true. Um, so after praying again, I really felt like God said, you need to go. So because I lived on financial support already, like I was working in home base uh, in Waco, um, so I was on financial support, I had to send a newsletter out to my supporters to say, hey, I'm actually not going to L.A. I am going to Wheaton where this man is pursuing me. We're going to see where that goes. And I'm going to remain on support, so I still need your support. So this is... <laughs> so this is a situation where my friend here, she set a boundary with her words, and I set a boundary with mine. It was tough, but it was good, and it was right, okay? So she calls me up one day. We'll call her Mary. Mary called me, and she's just said, hey, I just need you to know that I don't agree with your decision. I do not think it's right that you move to Wheaton. And so she's like, because of this, I, I can't, you know, support you in this move, can't support you any longer. So for me, that was hard. I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, right? Let's just say I'm a recovering people pleaser, right? No fear of man, just fear of God. Okay. So anyways, it was painful. But then I had to say, because I knew I had gone through the steps, I prayed, I sought counsel, and I heard from God. And so I had to say, okay, I am so sorry I hurt your feelings or confused you in your process with God, but I have to do this or I would be disobeying God. This is the boundary line. This is the fence he's given me, and I need to be in that fence. So I used my words, and honestly and unfortunately, we really haven't talked since that phone call, but... I want to point out a few things, church, that are really important to hear, so please hear this. First of all, mainly the reason why we, we don't stay in touch anymore is because it was a long-distance relationship, and that ministry connection was kind of our last ministry connection. But I don't want us as a church to use our words to say peace out on people, right? 
We use our words to set boundaries and to be loving and, and things like that. But we don't, we don't peace out on people. We want to do the healthy conflict, okay? And if our friendships don't land as close as they were before when we do that, that's okay. We can still, you know, push forward the kingdom of God. Okay, so if I saw her on Target tomorrow, I'd be, like, so happy to see her. I'd give her a hug, ask her about her kids, all that stuff. So in the end, I am so glad I did obey God because... Stephen did end up being my husband, and it's just a great example of God's favor on my life as I followed his healthy boundaries for me, right? So don't be afraid to use your, bound, your words to set boundaries. Okay, number three, the third tool. This is a weird one. Remember your skin. You guys are like, okay, she's lost it. What is she talking about? Hang with me here, Okay. In the Boundaries book, I love, they give an example of skin being like a natural boundary, right? It keeps the good in, um, our bones, the blood, the organs, right? And it keeps bad out. Like it's a protector uh, from diseases and um, infections. It lets out waste products, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, but when, when I saw that in the book, it got me thinking about Pastor Robert's sermon last week. And, oh, that sermon was so good, Robert just fired me up to pray more for America. But I loved how he talked about how God has used people to bless America and bless other nations. And then he went on to share that one of the causes of the destruction of a country or an empire is unchecked sexuality. And that one really hit me. We as the church need to be the ones that check our sexuality up against the word of God and his healthy boundaries. 1 Corinthians 7, write that one down, <laughs> 1 to 2 states, It is good for a man to not have sexual relations with a woman, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have it with their own wife, and each woman should have it with their own husband. So our skin is not just a natural boundary, but it represents our bodies in general, which is a key part of relationships on earth. So let me ask you this, church. Do you set godly boundaries with your skin? When I was preparing for this sermon, I stumbled on an article on this website called enrichingrelationships.org. They talked about knowing God and God's guidance for sexual relations. It's stated that the word for to know in the Greek, which would be in uh, the New Testament, right, is genosko. Everybody say genosko. What that means is it means to know firsthand through personal experience, to learn, to recognize, to perceive. So we see this to know in John 10, 14, where Jesus says, I know my sheep. And my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. So, guys, this to know is how Jesus knows the Father. It's how Jesus knows us and how he wants us to know him. It's so deep. It's so intimate. It's so personal. God wants to know us like that. So, interestingly enough, the same Greek word is used to describe the sexual interaction between Joseph and Mary in Matthew 1.25. He did not know her until she gave birth to a son. So the idea of having sex in marriage, that deep and personal intimate connection, it's meant to be a picture or a glimpse 
of the depth of how close and intimate Jesus longs to be with us. So when we think about going outside of that boundary that God has created for us to have sex within marriage, it's never going to satisfy us, right? It's just like following other gods, like looking to the TV or to social media or to alcohol to fill that void, that need for love inside. It doesn't work. So here's the deal. I know that when we start talking about this, there's kind of like a panic in the room where it's like, oh, geez, I've made this mistake. I'm making this mistake right now. You know, we're looking around. Is everyone looking at me? No, everyone isn't looking at you. And I just want to say, shame, go in Jesus' name. And instead, I just release the presence of God to come and convict us. I can say that in my 20s, I made poor choices based on lies about myself and my body. And I tell you what, it brought me so much shame and I, what I did was I ran to community. <laughs> I ran to community. I just, I repented and I got into accountability, right? And the people who were discipling me and my life group, they came around me. And God has so blessed this area in Stephen and my life, right? So I just want to say there's freedom. There is freedom. But walk it out in discipleship and in community, Okay. So, your body is yours until you are fully and completely married. So that marriage license is signed, right? No touchy until marriage licensee. Okay? All right. Now, I'm not just talking to the singles. I'm talking to the marrieds as well here, okay? I'm going to go there. This is where we talk about these things. So, it's not okay when you have physical ties with someone outside of your wife or spouse. It's not okay when you have emotional ties, when you're like, wow, I really love talking to that guy. He so gets me more than my husband. Not okay. It's a false place of finding fulfillment. It's not going to work, all right? The other thing is, everybody... We need to be careful of what we see. Stay away from the computer. Stay away from your phone. If you know you're tempted, set up accountability, strong accountability, okay? All right, you're getting me preaching here. So we need to walk in accountability with our life, with our life group members and those that disciple us or a trusted friend, all right? Finally, I want to end this point with this. Our city is, is, tends to be a very sensual place, right? The weather, the beaches, we wear less clothes, right, because it's hot and stuff like that. The devil knows it, and he loves to prey on it. So you just know that the devil is out to get you in this area, right? But we're like, no way, devil, not today. I like this quote that I stumbled on in Instagram. It says, don't let your values change with society. Instead, let your values change society. So I want us, church, to be a bright and shining light for all of those around us, but also First and foremost, respect yourself and fear God enough to keep those healthy boundaries in your life. Because that is where, I like to say, put on your son, S-O-N, screen, right, Jesus, and allow him to come. I know, Hudson's like, he's like so embarrassed. I know, it's a pun, a bad pun. Okay, you get it. Go to Jesus for your intimate connection. All right, I'm going to close. I'm sure I'm over. Oh, God is so good. He loves you all so much. Okay, so I want to close with this. I know that I've been sharing with you 
about how we need to keep healthy boundaries, you know, like maybe put a little distance between certain people or whatever. But the, but the bottom line truth is this too. We need people. We were made for relationship and we were made for community. And we need our community here to help us make, number one, and keep healthy boundaries. We can't do it alone, okay? So in fact, that's actually what I wanna do right now as we close um, and respond is to let others help us, all right? We're gonna be a community. So I'd love for you guys all to just close your eyes right now.